to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and I just escaped. Well, I can't say escaped. It was beautiful in the mountains, but the cool weather and the beautiful autumn, but it started getting cold. And now I'm in sunny Florida. What was, the, oh, by the way, I'm Julie Graham and I get no cold weather in my Southwest Florida life. No. So I've got to know, what was the temp when you left North Carolina? 29 degrees. Stop. Yeah. 29? Yeah. But, but the color in the leaves was beautiful. It's not like the fronds on the palm tree. They don't change. I've but. been watching Dan's social media and wishing that I got to see it. Were you wearing boots? I was wearing boots. Of course I was wearing boots. It's autumn. I mean, I'm wearing booties today, so. What is a booty? <laughs> well, I mean, there's lots of answers to that question, but I mean, I personally can't wait for actual booty weather, which is uh, uh, the booty is the shortened boot. So like, obviously there are different various lengths of boots. You've got the thigh highs, which, you know, we, we can't rock those. There's the calf high, which mine broke. So I'm also out on that. So uh-huh. I'm down to probably eight different assorted pairs of booties in my closet, which is a low cut ankle or lower style of boot. Uh, so when did they name them booties? They have been boots forever, <laughs> Julie. I don't know. Have you really never heard of a booty? Oh, only on children or rear ends. But <laughs> or what? Rear ends, you oh. know, the booty. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know when booty came out, but I feel like I've only ever had booties. I don't know, Dar. This needs to be like Wikipedia or something. Yeah, I guess so. I <laughs> well, guess that so. to me is really when fall begins, when the, we get the first cold snap here and everyone's wearing their booties with zero shame and we are enjoying a sweater day. That's what I'm talking about. It's true. Maybe soon. Well, a few episodes back, we tried something new, a new format, and we called it a chat. And you and I just kind of talked through some things that we were talking about IRL. Do you know what that is? In real life. Good job. Thank you. Things we were actually talking about off mic in real life. And we found that that was a really fun way to throw in a different episode. And so because life is hard and our schedules are crazy and you just got back into town and I've been super busy, we decided to make our lives a little less complicated and let this episode be another version of a chat and just talk about some of the things that we are doing in this life. Because you know what? Adulting is hard. Adulting is hard. And I know I have watched you go through a lot of things the last few years, but part of it is stepping into new arenas like banking in a different way. Oh, yeah. Remember that one time that I was like, I need to find out what to do with my money so that I'm taking care of it and helping to grow it. And I got an email from my bank um, and they said they were doing like an investment seminar. Sounds good. You should go. And I was like, I should totally do that. I Uh need to learn about that. And Uh so I signed up and it was going to be a brunch and all that. And basically you tell me brunch and I'm in. (laughs) So I showed up. I came right from the gym because my bank is right next to my gym. So I came right from the gym. And I knew the second that I opened the conference room door that I had made a grave mistake. Why? Okay, you are in Southwest Florida, so I imagine it was filled with retirees. It was filled with retirees with actual portfolios (laughs) in the interwebs, but also in their hands. Mind you, I had zero portfolio. I had my gym bag. I was wearing workout clothes. They were wearing suits or Tommy Bahama outfits. Uh Uh-huh. Um, they all had very smart questions. Yeah. 
and I had no idea what anyone was talking yeah, about. Yeah, and you're like, you know what? I may have a little extra, maybe $800 I could do something with, but exactly, not a portfolio. I'm not going to lie. The prosciutto-wrapped melon was tasty. <laughs> However, I felt like the obvious outcast in the room. Yeah. And I still have yet to actually do any investing now that we're actually talking about this confessions of a bad adult. Yeah. You know, another one that adulting hits us in the face when it comes to simple things like taking care of the things in our life, like our knives. Who would have thought you have to sharpen a knife over and over and over and over again? You do. Do you know that, Julie? Well, uh, you said something about that the other day. Actually, I think Dan said something when we were together in the mountains. He made a comment about, oh, we really need to sharpen these knives. And I instantly realized that that's an area of my life that I have neglected for 35 years. (laughs) What do you do? Throw them away and start over? Basically, yes. Or just stab the tomato with the blunt knife. And and my boyfriend the other day, he was cooking. Praise the Lord that he cooks also. Um, And he commented something about, you know, these knives need to be sharpened. And I put my hands on the counter. I kind of slammed them. And I said, is this a thing people do? (laughs) Sharpening knives? I've never done that. And I don't have a knife sharpener. So can we just buy new ones and take care of the next set? No, you can buy a knife sharpener that is an electric thing that does not take that long. But are my knives too far gone? Probably. You may have to start over That's what I'm saying. I feel like I need to like, I feel like Costco has really awesome kitchen items at Christmas time. It's like the perfect mother-in-law gifts, you uh know? Once a year. So I feel like I'm just going to get a new set and a sharpener. Maybe that'll go on my Christmas list. Yeah. I need a knife sharpener and a knife set. Could be. Yeah, I don't do that. So there's that. Didn't you also say you're not supposed to put your knives in the dishwasher? Yes, you are not. Okay. So if you had, I had been hand washing my knives at least. Good job, Julie. So your dull knives are clean in the sink. Good <laughs> well, job. They, that's the only way they've lasted as long as they have without being sharpened. I have not washed them in the machine. Jeez. What else is kind of overrated um, adulting tasks? Mm. Insurance. All the insurance. All the insurance. I mean, you could have insurance for everything these days. You can have insurance. Actually, if you're a celebrity, you can have it for body parts. So why not? What? Yeah. Hashtag goals. One day I want (laughs) to need insurance for body parts. I'm definitely not there. Um, Yeah, I I actually think on my life list right now this week, I keep snoozing the reminder on my phone to put my flood insurance payment in the mail. I mean, I think it's due on the 15th. I've still got time, but still. Stuff like that. It just all adds up and it's so annoying and I'd much rather be buying booties. <laughs> Instead of flood insurance. Right. <laughs> but you could wear your booties in the flood. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't buy the flood insurance because I have so many pairs of booties there you that go. I'll be fine if the water comes into the house. Ugh. What do you struggle with with an adult with adulting? Because I feel like all we're doing is highlighting the things oh, I'm not good at. Is, no, I... I, I mean, I kind of gone, I'm a little bit older than you, Julie, so Just I've had to deal smidge. with adulting for a very long time. But something I realized when my youngest daughter was visiting the other day is she has a seven-month-old baby, and little Alina was not feeling well. And it's like, what is wrong with you, child? <laughs> you know, is it your stomach? Is it your mm, diaper? So Do you need to be fed? Do you need to burp? Do you need to stand up? Do you need to sit down? Do I need to just like walk away? Because I have no idea. And I realized that these little humans, until they can talk, mm-hmm. you're clueless. And you look at them and I'm, the, you know, I've been around them for years and I'm a grandma and I've watched <laughs> lots of babies and I still went, Chelsea, I have no idea no what to idea, do. Yeah. No idea, yeah. Well, and then they start talking and you're like, oh, they're just, they're talking all the time and I don't know what to say back. (laughs) Lincoln asked me the other day, which I've, this is like a both good and bad mom moment out of nowhere. He said, mommy, 
What's Jesus's middle name? Oh. What is it, Dar? I'm not sure that Jesus has a middle name. Thank you. That was my answer. <laughs> but if he did, what would it be? Grace. Oh, you like that's that? a girl's middle name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Julie. <laughs> well, so what I said was, that's an excellent question, buddy. Um, I don't know if he has one. And he goes, is it Christ? And I was like, oh my God, proud moment. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud right now. Um, I was like, no, buddy, that's his last name, he said. And I said, no, that's his title, actually. I said, I don't know. Let's ask granddaddy what Jesus' <laughs> middle name is. And you know what I did? I asked the internet. Uh-huh. And I asked social media, and somebody suggested of Nazareth. So if you know Jesus' middle name, let us know, but Google kind of implies that he doesn't have one. Yeah. Okay. Well, but, we all believe Google about Jesus. So. Right? Well, this is adulting, though. Like, you get asked hard things by your kids, and nobody knows what they're doing. You're just fumbling your way through all of it. It's the truth. As we all know, I've been an adult for a very long time, and something I find a little bit different, which we've already kind of touched on in your arena of adulthood, is you guys name everything or have a new philosophy about Mm -hmm. everything with a different title to it. There's one I ran across the other day, and that is monotasking versus multitasking. I mean, can you guys complicate just about everything? But but here we are. It's a skill we millennials have. We just like to label everything, and then we can tell you how much we know about all of the things. Yeah, you asked me if I knew what monotasking was, and I was like, no, I don't. Do I want to? (laughs) Like, I don't think I have time to learn about something else, which is kind of the point, right? I guess so. I guess it is. And what I discovered, because of course, you know, you, you throw me some ideas or you throw me feedback and I do a little bit of research. And I found out that it is doing one task at a time, focusing and completing something before you move on. And all I could do was laugh. Like, how is that possible? Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Well, we've talked before, kind of one of the strengths of women um, is that we do have the incredible ability to multitask. It's something that we are actually hardwired to be good at, something that our male counterparts are not wired to do as successfully. And so I think it's kind of a hallmark of being a woman that we generally are able to multitask. So of course, we're going to come out and say, Stop multitasking. Everyone now needs to begin monotasking. Well, yeah. And in the research I found, it said things like, you are 40% less productive if you multitask than if you monotask. And your brain cells aren't being used in the way they need to be used if you multitask. Oh, they threw out there that you were messing up your brain? Uh, Yeah. How dare they? How dare they? (laughs) Talk about shame and guilt. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's a thing in the world wrong with multitasking, but okay, I do have to give credence to occasionally I do have to focus on one thing Mm -hmm. or I'll never get it done. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's definitely something to be said of you've got your to-do list and as a woman, especially as a working mom, you've got lists upon lists upon lists. But there comes a time where you have to say, everything else is getting do not disturbed right now. And I'm just focusing on this one thing that has to be done. So I guess we've all been doing some monotasking, but to come out and say, we've got to be done with multitasking and monotasking is now the way to go is kind of unrealistic. So I just want to say to our other grit and grace friends, If you're hearing this new buzzword and you're thinking, oh, now I have to completely change the way I accomplish the tasks in my life, just stop. Yeah, just stop. Because we don't need another thing to feel guilty about. Right? Yeah, we don't. And if you have something, I had a project 
just a few weeks ago when I was back in town for a week, my father-in-law, when he passed away, we had like 15 boxes of stuff. Mm -hmm. We just stuck in my closet. And I'm like, okay, this can't go on forever. Yeah. So I destroyed my living room for four days. <laughs> I did days. see it. I was like, oh, my face got a little, ooh, that <laughs> looks like a fun day. It was. And then I drugged my sister-in-law and said, you can't be sentimental, okay? <laughs> you cannot look at every single piece of paper and every single mm-hmm. picture. You have to help me sort through and box this up. Yeah. So it was a five-day monotask while I was doing <laughs> other things in the meantime. But you know what? I can say I accomplished that one. Well, I know we did have a couple um, questions about how we as women, you know, we do kind of pride ourselves on being able to produce and multitask. And there does come a point where maybe that becomes an obsession or, you know, that badge of busyness that you carry with honor. And so we do want to acknowledge that sometimes we put way too much on our plate as women. And maybe this conversation of shifting toward monotask is a a little reminder or a little gut check for us of, do we maybe just have too many things going on that now all of a sudden we want to completely do away with a perfectly good set of productivity called multitasking in the name of giving it all up? Or do we just need to look for a little more balance, say no a little bit more, but still be okay with the fact that, hey, you have the ability to do dishes and help with homework and keep the house going all at the same time. Oh, for sure. And I also think that no matter what the title people put on things, don't let it make you crazy Mm -hmm. because you really just need to wake up in the morning, figure out what you're going to do and get it done, or at least 60% of it done, go to bed and start over again the next day. Exactly. And don't beat yourself up when you don't get to all the things because nobody gets to all the things. Except you, Julie Graham. No, absolutely Uh, not. When it comes to your last thing you tackled. Oh, the last thing I tackled. Can Can we talk about that? Can we finally just celebrate the fact that my competition is over? Praise the Lord. I'm sitting here with coffee with pumpkin creamer in it right now, and I feel like I am human again. (sighs) Well, I can't say, you know, looking across the microphones at you, but in the meantime, you did accomplish some killer arms and shoulders, okay? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but I, I would imagine most of our listeners know, but if they don't, you, how long was it? Six weeks of intense or eight weeks or 10 weeks? It, oh it seemed like forever. You guys, I wish you could see my face right now that she just said six, eight, or 10 weeks. Your jaw is going to drop when I tell you it was 22 weeks, Dar. Well, I can't imagine. It was painful for me, so I can't imagine what it was for you. Um, but yeah, it was a very long it time. It was a very long time. Where Julie worked every single muscle in her body and ate the most incredibly depressing food. <laughs> But she did it. Yeah, she did it. She accomplished her goal, which I'm really proud of, Julie. Thanks. Yeah. But I know you set out saying, sure, I'll do this. But did you know what you were getting into? No, I did not know what I was getting into. So um, back in May, I was working out with a friend and we just kind of started talking about the fact that there's this thing called fitness competitions that you can do. And, And my friend Miranda is very fit. And so she had said she might want to do it. And you know me, I'm a cheerleader of my friends. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and I like a good party with a theme. Mm -hmm. And I like matching t-shirts and all of the things. And so I literally said to her, you should do it. We'll all get t-shirts and come and watch. Uh And she finally said to me, if you do it, I'll do it. And And I do know, throw down with Julie Graham. She can't say no. 
So I thought, hmm, I have been really way too lax on my eating these last couple months and I've put on some pounds. Um, so at the time that she kind of challenged me, I was, I was definitely, um, at a, an unhealthy weight for me. Now I carry my weight well. Um, I know how to dress for my body and I always stay active, but I knew that I was definitely not doing very good in my nutrition. And so the little voice in my head was like, well, this might be a good way to kind of have to rein in my diet and try something new. And I really do love fitness. So I thought, well, this will be something different and something fun to do with my friend. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. And then, and then little by little, you started getting the details. Then I had to hire the trainer because ah. you can't just show up and do a fitness competition with no coach. I mean, I guess you could, but it's not really a thing people do. Yeah. Well, so, you, you couldn't rely on me to tell you no. what muscle group even exists. Exactly. What one you need to work and when. Exactly. And we re- we recognized pretty early on that, um, you know, it was going to take some very focused time in the gym, which I was a regular worker outer person, but Mm -hmm. I was not lifting weights as intentionally and as often as was required to compete in this competition. Um, I didn't realize how strict the diet was going to be. Mm -hmm. It was very, very strict. And I didn't really recognize how much um, time and mental space it was going to take. Um, how much time and attention and focus it was going to take from the people around me that, you know, me being kind of in this zone and having to be, you know, kind of emotionally and mentally committed to the process, what that was going to take from the people around me. And so what I found over the 21 weeks that I trained is that the process continued to get more and more involved. But one thing about me is when I'm in, I'm all in. You are all in. So myself and my friend, we went all in and the, the truth is, is I know I wouldn't have been able to do it if I hadn't done it with her. Cause I would have been like, nah, I'm good. I, yeah. I'd like to monotask in another area actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, not only did I watch you become really disciplined and you know, you did lose w- the weight you wanted to lose and you did build the muscle, but Julie, there were some other things that I saw because in the end, I know you thought this was about eating and this was about, um, getting fit. Which and is t-shirts. part of it. And t-shirts. And getting a t-shirt. And having, sure. having a girl squad that followed you and say, <laughs> yay, raw, and y'all did it together. So that's all that's all you. But I also know there were some other takeaways that you got from making this decision that you didn't even know you would have. For sure. I mean, after being kind of on the program for about six weeks, so maybe that's where you got the six weeks. <laughs> it might be. I realized, oh boy this is a lot more involved than I thought it was going to be, you know, but I kind of had that talk with myself of like, but you've said you're going to do it and you can do it. Like you do have the grit and the grace to do this. It's just going to be a lot harder than you thought it was going to be, but we don't just quit hard things, Julie. (laughs) This is my conversation (laughs) to myself. Um, And and so I really had to kind of take a minute and kind of get introspective and say, why do I want to do this? Mm. Um, And I would say, I would say, I have no idea. Why, why why would you why would you do this? <laughs> yeah, well, and that's kind of what I had thought. I mean, I've I've heard of fitness competitions and I've seen the pictures of the big old bulky men glistening mm-hmm. with their tans mm-hmm. on the stage and I always thought, why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Like and not because I thought it was bad, but because I had an idea that it was a lot of work and I'm good. I'm not interested in that. Right. Well, then all of a sudden I've said, okay, yes, I'll do it. Um, and so I really had to kind of get honest with myself about, well, why would I want to do this? 
and some of the biggest, you know, whys for me throughout the process, which were the things that I had to think on when 10 o'clock would roll around and I was hungry or cranky and wanted to turn to ice cream, which is my go-to. That's the way I usually or used to or tend to want to handle feelings or stress or hard days. Um, When those moments would roll around, I'd have to be like, no, why am I doing this? And I really feel like the things that God really brought to mind for me to be the focus on the the journey of, we called it soul sis, do this. Mm-hmm. You may have yeah. seen that, is we really wanted to invest in our friendship as we trained together. Um, so Miranda and I are newish friends. We've really only known each other for about a year and a half. Um, and she's somebody that God brought into my life after Paul died. And you know we have some similarities, and yet we're very different in some ways as well. And so we really felt like this was an opportunity for us to grow our friendship and our relationship. Um, we wanted to um, encourage one another to meet this crazy goal that we recognize, you know, statistically, very few people will even attempt to compete in a competition like this. And so we wanted to say, it's going to be hard, but we'll do it together and we'll be so proud of ourselves in the process and we'll hold each other accountable and encourage each other along the way. And so um, investing on in our friendship was one of the biggest kind of personal reasons to do that. I watched you in this scenario build this friendship Mm -hmm. that became increasingly more important to meet each other's place in life and needs and support one another at the same time, meet a mutual goal. And what I loved seeing in this is that it doesn't just have to be fitness. We Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, walking together as women in life. For sure. And so to discover in your scenario, but any scenario that Let's do it alongside someone else with a commitment to one another to encourage one another, to support one another. I think it's priceless. I think that's a lesson we all can take home. For sure. And, you know, she and I both in the, you know, basically at five months that we did it, we both got countless, you know, messages from people we hadn't talked to in years who reached out and just said, hey, just so you know, I'm watching your journey and it's really inspiring me. And some of it was fitness, but a lot of it was to go after this goal that I've had or to, you know, really invest more in my friendships or to support my, you know, friend who's doing something big. And so we just really saw how the fact that we were kind of putting it out there that this was about our friendship more than about fitness, we found that that was really inspiring to people. And in our wider group of friends, I mean, they enjoyed eating their cookies while we practiced (laughs) our posing routines and they laughed their heads off at us. One night we were practicing and that was the hardest part for me was getting ready to actually do the required posing that you had to do on the stage, which is ridiculous. In heels. And And you're like, I didn't know I was going to be, but you're like slathered in oil and tan and ugh, all of it. And and I remember the first time I practiced in front of my friends, literally they were laughing uncontrollably. And my pride was like, no guys, no, I'm really bad at this. And, and you laughing at me is actually making me want to yell at you, which is not Jesus guys, yeah. not godly at all. But you were providing entertainment. Yes. But I mean, that part of it, honestly, it brought up some you know, pride issues in me that I was like, whoa, this is an area I need to work on. Um, I found myself, I would snap at my coach who was trying to help me because he knew that was the part I needed to help on. And, and, and I was not very nice to him at first. And I had to come back and apologize and say, Hey, I'm sorry. I got so, you know, testy about that. I have a hard time when I'm not good, good at something and I need to work on that. And the way I spoke to you was not okay. Like at the end of the day, this is just a silly competition. And so maybe I need to not take it so seriously 
Or maybe I need to take it more seriously and practice more. But either way, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Or maybe you need to know what you're getting into before you jump in. (laughs) That may be a life lesson too. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For sure. I've had a lot of people ask, what would you have done differently? You probably wouldn't have done anything differently, but... No, I would have probably researched it a little bit more. Yeah. Because I didn't know. Yeah. I did not know about all of the things that it would require. But I know there was another part of this because you, I mean, it's not like you've had a little bit of an emotional couple of years plus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've had a season in life where, you know, all of the emotions, all the feelings, all of life was a bit off the chart. And I know you struggle with emotional eating, Mm -hmm. correct? For sure. For sure. And that, I think that was part of the reason I knew I needed to do it too, because I had kind of gotten to a place where, you know, I was in a really happy place and I am in a really happy place in my life. And, you know, um, I feel like I've kind of found Julie again. Um, but in doing that, you know, I love to celebrate and I love to do things and I love to go out and be with people. And for me, food has always been celebration and, and it's, you know, it's part of it. It's also been the, um, the salve when I'm frustrated or stressed or anxious or overwhelmed, it, it solves all of the problems, which is actually not true. But that's that. But it helps sometimes. That has been we'll, my we'll relationship. Give us all grace on that one. Yeah, and, sometimes and, and, it helps. and that's not to say that you shouldn't sometimes just enjoy whatever when you're having a good or a hard day. But I knew about myself that I turned to it when I really wanted to turn to the Lord or even to other meaningful people in my life to be a a source of comfort instead of to food. And so, you know, when the opportunity came to do the show, I thought, well, I'm probably going to be on a diet, so I'll (laughs) probably have to stop doing that. Um, And I found that that was one of the biggest takeaways for me in this process is really um, having those honest moments at 10 p.m. with the Lord saying, this is when I would be diving into a carton of ice cream, especially single mom life, living mm-hmm. at home. Nobody knows I'm doing it. I mean, God knows. Yeah. Um, and I and I had those, you know, five months where I was able to abstain from doing that. And there's a sense of, wow, I can do this. And, and God actually is enough. And I can be disciplined. And I can choose to take care of my body in a way that honors him. Um, not to say that eating ice cream is wrong. And not to say that I haven't had ice cream happily now that it's over. Yeah. Indeed, you've celebrated. Um, But I think what's important with this is some people might have looked at what you were doing as a fitness competition. Doesn't that seem kind of shallow? Doesn't that Mm -hmm. seem kind of superficial? We shouldn't care exclusively about that. But I think in everything we tackle in life Mm -hmm. and take on as a goal or, you know, something we want to accomplish or achieve... There are side products. There are ways that we can grow and learn and change that really probably were the real reason you did this, not just the fitness side, but the real reason to grow you and help Julie become more Julie and Mm -hmm. feel good about who you are and what you can accomplish. I think most of the time in life, there are bigger picture items no matter what we tackle. For sure. I mean, it wasn't lost on me even just thinking about the show happened right in the time around the second anniversary of Paul's passing. And um, I mean, I had a moment uh, the day of the second year anniversary was a couple weeks before the show. And I just, I couldn't help but break down thinking I wouldn't be doing this. You know, this is not something that Paul would have been able to support me in. Um, And the day of the show, 
I was backstage freezing my little booty off. And this mm-hmm. means actual behind when I'm saying it here <laughs> in my, in my sparkle bikini waiting to be able to do my final walk and then finally eat something. And, um, I was backstage and I, and I wasn't even with Miranda. I was just kind of by myself standing there and out of the corner of my eye, I, I caught the ladder. There was a huge ladder just propped up backstage. Wow. And I was like, what? And instantly I realized I've had this whole day and I haven't yet thought about Paul. And um, for a second, I felt guilty because I hadn't thought about him. And then I thought, no, this is not a feel guilty moment. This is a, Paul wouldn't have been able to support me in doing this, but from heaven, he gets to watch and see. And I bet he is super proud of me. Absolutely. And so I got to have, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it, but I got to have that moment and be like, babe, I hope you are proud of this ridiculous thing that I'm doing right now because I'm about to go out there and then I'm going to stuff my face with all the things and go out and celebrate with all the friends. Yeah. So love that. Julie, you know, I, I'm proud of you, girl. I think you, you took on what I would consider an impossible task, <laughs> especially when I'm eating nothing but Brussels sprouts and white whites. fish and egg whites. <laughs> Lots <laughs> of egg whites. <laughs> like I said, depressing food. Um, you know, but you did great. And Thanks. you have grown so much, not physically, but you have <laughs> grown so much through this that I you impressed me, girl. I'm really proud of you for this one. Thanks. I appreciate you being in my corner. And I do want to say thanks to everyone who followed along on the journey and supported me. That meant more to me than you can even imagine. And I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> now to the ice cream. Yep. So I guess, Julie, part of successful adulting is uh, taking a challenge like you just did mm-hmm. and tackling it to completion. And whether it's going through my father-in-law's countless boxes of stuff or you doing fitness. I'd, I'd actually rather do my father-in-law's boxes, <laughs> just telling you. Um, but, you know, part of being a grown-up is we tackle things and we we get them done. That's right. We apply a little bit of grit and a little bit of grace. We multitask and we monotask. And just we strong women, yep, we get it done. <laughs> uh, can I just real quick say I did go through my mail as I promised the last time we talked about this. I love it. I know. I have a small stack again, but I'm going to get to it. Yeah. All right. So let's close this episode kind of about adulting out with an adulting quote straight from Pinterest that I found that originated at the Grit and Grace Project. How Ooh, about that? We're good. Yeah. We posted this on our Pinterest and it has gotten tons of pins and I think you'll understand why. I wish I was a little kid so I could go take a long nap and everyone would just be proud of me. Let this be your excuse to go take a nap today for your Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace Life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.